Hey everyone, welcome to the Voice of Social Sales. I'm your host, Chelsea Pites. Thanks so much for joining me today. I am actually headed to Agent 2021 this week to speak at Gary Vaynerchuk's conference that has everything to do with disruption and how to prepare innovation and personal branding for real estate, mortgage, and insurance. And I am so excited to be there. It's it's truly a dream come true for me. It's on a bucket list. I actually have it on my vision board. And the best part is that I'm going to be going there with some really incredible people and friends. So I cannot wait to bring back to you what I took away from that incredible event with those industry leaders. Because of that, in honor of that, I wanted to talk about how Gary has inspired my personal brand and many, many others' brands as well. Now, I do a lot of speaking about building a powerful personal brand. In specific, my niche is teaching people how to use the camera on their smartphones to build a powerful personal brand. What I want to make sure that I hone in on is that the most important word in that phrase is not powerful or brand. It's personal. And really, that's all that we can control, the content and the context that we put out. So I'm getting inspired, and I'm just going to put it out here, that I am going to write a second book. And I was flying, actually, to Washington to speak at an incredible conference this last week. And while I had some time on the plane, I just sort of started, you know, thinking all of these thoughts and drawing them out. Then the next thing I knew, I sort of had my formula for my next book that I hope to publish. And what I really wanted to talk about today was what that formula is. This is something that I've personally done and something that I teach people all over the United States to do. And I'm trying to really distill how to create a powerful personal brand down to a very simplified process. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that process and the components therein. The first thing that you have to do before building a brand is really identify your niche. This was really critical for me when I started using Snapchat specifically to create a daily show. A lot of realtors and lenders that I know, and I was one of these people, think, well, you know, everybody needs to buy a house, so my clients are everyone. And that's a slippery slope because when we don't have a very narrow focus, it can be really easy to get overwhelmed. And I also want to encourage you to know that when you pick a niche, some people think, I don't want to be pigeonholed as the short sale girl or the luxury guy. Well, we'd probably all be okay if we were just luxury, (laughs) but you guys know what I mean. We don't want to get pigeonholed, so we have this fear that if we pick a niche, it's going to keep us there and we're never going to be able to grow from it. I believe in quite the opposite. I believe that when you narrow your focus and you find a niche, let's just say it's millennial first home buyers or uh, empty nesters who are going to go to senior living and retire and downsize. When you have a niche and you can start really laser focusing in on your content, you can actually see who those people are. You can build what's called a buyer persona or a seller persona or an avatar. That's just a fancy word for what are these people like? Literally drawing out a list of here's their demographic, here's their age, here's where they shop, this is what they like to listen to, what they like to watch on TV, what they like to do on the weekends. Really get into that psychographic space of what are the people that I really, really want to serve? Who are the people? What do they look like? Or maybe not look like physically, 
But on paper, what are their interests? Like, what are the people that you want to work with? That's really critical. And what happens is when you narrow that niche, you're able to create content specific to those people. And then you have a message that has incredible context. Content is the actual message, the actual thing that you're putting out. The context is the meaning behind the message. And that meaning behind the message is really important. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But but I want you to really hone in on this. The context is the meaning of the message given to the right people at the right time in the right place. So if you know that your demographic likes to do X on Saturday and is probably in these industries and likes these hobbies and loves LinkedIn, that is some context for you. Then you know if they like to read instead of view content, I might do a long form blog post. It might be on LinkedIn because that's where they are. You have to really know your audience. And then once you master that, it spills over into other places. Now, I have a lot of people outside of the real estate and mortgage industry that reach to me and want to talk about branding and marketing. I did not position myself as outside of that real estate industry, but that's what happens once you can master a niche. So don't be afraid to niche down. The the riches are in the niches. That absolutely is true. Once you have your niche... Then you need to identify what I call your UVP. That's your unique value proposition. It's your tagline. It's your, it's your, this is the formula right here. I'm going to give it to you. It's I do what for whom that results in what, what's the benefit to them. For example, um, when I say I teach real estate agents how to use the camera on their smartphones to build a powerful personal brand, you understand what I do. I'm going to teach you something. I'm educational. I'm the resource. These are all neuro-linguistic words that I'm using that help you position me as the expert and the authority. And I'm going to teach you to do what? I'm going to teach the real estate professional, I've identified that, what I do, using what? A camera on the smartphone, something that people understand. There's no jargon. They get it. They all have one and it's totally free. You have to understand there's meaning and layers behind these words. And then that results in what? Building a powerful personal brand. And to be honest, we pretty much only remember the last line there. And that's what people remember, powerful personal brand. So that is how you create your UVP. It has to be jargon-free, guys. No extraordinary service, all of that, blah, 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 blah. Keep it simple. Make it clarified. I make the hard stuff easy. I help you find a house you love to live in. Whatever it may be, you have to really think about, is this going to be too marketing speak? Because we all tune out because our brains are like, ad advertisement, ad. Yeah, we're just moving on. It's just noise. So the first thing, identify your niche. The second thing, identify your UVP. Once you have that UVP, you need to tell the world. You need to make sure it's everywhere. You need to start creating content around that unique value proposition. If you are talking about seniors downsizing, you need to make a ton of content about that all the time. If you're talking about millennials, you need to be making content about that all the time. So those things are really important. Now, there's a couple of things that we can control in creating a personal brand and some things that we don't control. So what we do control, number one, is the content, which I talked about. You need to be making a lot of content. That's the message. We talked about context. How do you make your content have context? How do you make it have meaning? 
Well, I believe that there are five E's. I call them the five E's of content. And I really believe that if it doesn't really fall within these categories, then it's not really going to provide the context that it needs. So here are the five E's. One, educational. You can't go wrong with becoming the resource. Education is key because people look at you and already assign you expertise and credibility and knowledge and you become the resource, the go-to person for that thing. That could be market stats. It could be interviewing the mayor. It could be interviewing uh, all the restaurants or the hotels or the commercial uh, buildings that are going in. You're always in the know, right? Buyer tips, seller tips, mortgage tips, explaining those hard to understand processes. And here's a massive tip for you guys. Do not use jargon. Don't define the word with the word, right? Because here's the thing. We forget. We forget the consumer doesn't know what a conforming loan is. You can't go out there and post on your social media and say, hey, great news. Conforming loan limits just changed. Great. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. What is a conforming loan limit? And here's my best tip. Don't use the industry to explain it. This is how I explain a hashtag to people. People are like, what's a hashtag? How do I use it? And I'm like, okay, if you're a certain age, like myself or older, you remember going to the library and there was a card catalog. That's a hashtag. You'd go, you'd flip through the little cards, you'd find the one for the book you wanted, you'd take that with you or write it down, you'd go all the way over to the aisle that that book was in and you would find that book. That's how a hashtag works. Now people can understand that because it's something outside of the industry. So that's the educational part. The second part is entertaining. I don't mean you have to be funny and be a comedian, but you can be yourself. Um, you can you can show them pieces of you. You know, like for example, every time I travel, I don't know why I take a picture of where I park my car in the parking lot at the airport. I can never find it, and every single time I make an Instagram story about how I'm trying to find my car, people find that entertaining because they're like, you know what? I can relate with that. The entertaining piece is really the transparency, authenticity and also the relatability piece. And that's probably also the hardest piece because you have to get really comfortable with who you are and being on camera and sharing those stories, which takes time. Um, So that's the entertaining part. Then there's the engaging part. That's asking questions. It could be as simple as making a Facebook story and putting a poll sticker on it or saying, hey, have you ever done this before? Or asking for someone's opinion or recommendation, making a post on Facebook. Do you like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Whatever it may be, you want to start engaging those people because the the conversions happen when the conversations occur. The fourth E is emotional. Again, I don't mean getting on there and crying and letting it all out, but I'm talking about celebrating the wins with people. Maybe it's your first 5K and, you know, this is a big deal for you and you're kind of documenting the process and you're up running every day and you're telling people how much you've run and you're counting down the days and you're using a countdown sticker and then you've got a picture of you with like, you know, at the finish line. That's emotional and people want to be there and part of the journey. Even if they're not saying anything right away, they're watching and they're like, oh, that's awesome. Everybody wants to be your cheerleader. And last but not least is exclusive. Exclusive could be a sneak peek of something. It could be a pocket listing. It could be teasing out something like, hey, I'm going to be publishing a book. I'm going to share my first chapter here for free. Send me a message if you're interested, whatever it may be. Exclusive is great because exclusive things are really usually hard to Google or you can't Google them. And that is valuable. Now, the other piece that we can control besides the content and context part of it is we also um, control the format and the engagement of that content. So our format, video, photo, audio, written, and engagement, commenting, giving people shout outs, uh, social media, prospecting, all of that. The other piece beyond that content and context is distribution. 
That's our reach. That's using these networks to get out there and share the content because it does not does us no good if we're making content and nobody's reading it, listening to it, or consuming it, right? So there's two phases of the distribution. There's like the build phase, which is where you need to be very consistent. And by the way, consistency doesn't mean every single day, all day. It could be two days a week, three days a week, whatever it is, but you need to be consistent. Maybe it's one time a week and it's the same time every single week, like a show, like a Facebook Live. Maybe it's a daily Facebook Live show and you're doing it the same time every single day. The consistency, whether people watch you or not, they will see you. You're putting billboards on the highway like old school. All you want people to do is see those billboards when they're on the highway or watch your posts and your face as they're scrolling through the feed. And hopefully occasionally stop and, and watch every now and then. A year of that and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I see your 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 videos all the time on Facebook. See, you didn't even know they were watching, but they are. So the build phase is about consistency and that doesn't mean daily, but it sets up the expectation. And what happens very subtly, the psychological uh, factor here is that as you show up consistently, people trust you and they don't even realize it's happening. So you have to be consistent with the content and distributing it. You need a system. You need to time block. You need to figure out what you're going, what platforms you're going to be on. And you can't do it all at once. You really need to start with like, let me do Facebook for a month. Let me add in Instagram. What happens is as you learn to use these different platforms and apps, they spill over into each other. So when I learned Snapchat, when I went to Instagram stories, it was really easy for me because I already sort of understood how to use this camera platform. The second phase is the growth phase. And that's the frequency. That's when we can accelerate the frequency and that accelerates the growth. So once you understand content and context and you're making it on a consistent basis, then you can bump it up. So that's the phase that I'm in right now because it took me a while to learn all that stuff. And and, and really, you've got to be committed for at least a year. I tell people really to see that tipping point change is really a year to two years, probably closer to two years. And I know everyone's like, oh my gosh, that sounds like such a long time. It's really not. It goes by really quickly. And I'm talking like, you know, you're spending 20 minutes a day on on your social media. You guys, this is prospecting today. It's not like you're adding something new. It's like eating and walking or working out or whatever you do in your daily routine. If you are in sales, you are prospecting or you're not going to make any money. That's just how it works. This is a new form of prospecting. I used to do door knocking and calling and all of that. This will take the place or you can add on to it. It's a must. You have to do it. You can't say, I don't have the time. We can spend five minutes here or there in a line. Uh, you know, when we're waiting to pick our kids up in the, the line at school, you can take your phone out and do five minutes. So you can control the content, context, the distribution, and the reach. Now, what don't we control when we're working our personal brand? Algorithms. We don't control those. We, they change all the time. And that does affect your content. And how it's and your reach as well. So you've got to learn how to work with them. You got to learn what's triggering them. You're not we're not talking about hacking. There's no hacking an algorithm. Let's be real, people. They change all the time. There's 200,000 different data points. It just doesn't work that way. But you can leverage them and understand how they work. Like Facebook works on comments and replies. So you better be out there commenting and replying to things. It also works on Facebook Live. I don't care if you don't like Facebook Live or you don't watch them or nobody else does. You're putting billboards on the highway and you're training the algorithm. So you need to understand how that works. The second piece of what we don't control is perception. We only can control execution. We cannot control the outcome for good or for bad. The, per- the good side of perception is if you are committed every week to do a Facebook Live, same time, same 
same place and somebody has been watching you scroll by in their feed for an entire year and you meet them at the grocery store or at that listing appointment, they're like, yeah, yeah, I've seen your your show. It seems like you're there. You're everywhere on Facebook. That's a perception that's also built by an algorithm. That's great. The other perception is if I go to Google your name and you're not anywhere and you're not on Facebook and you don't have any social proof and you don't have any star ratings and you don't have any content, that's a perception too. And it's not a very good one because let's face it, we make split split second judgments based on online cues. We're making, we're using online cues to make offline judgments. And if I'm Googling someone's name because someone referred them to me and I see maybe I've got two names and one person who may not be as qualified They have 300 videos or a daily story on Instagram or highlights or YouTube or podcast or whatever it may be. And the other person who might be more qualified has nothing. Who do you think we're going to go with? And you know the answer as well as I do. So those are the the main components about this book that I'm going to be writing. And that's really how I teach people how to create a powerful personal brand. I hope that you have found this helpful. If you have any questions about branding, I'd love to connect with you. Um, You can actually reach me on all of the socials with my name at Chelsea.Pites. That's P-E-I-T-Z. I love to talk with you on Instagram. You can check my stories every day. I also have a daily uh, Alexa flash briefing, also called the Voice of Social Sales, that you can enable and listen to. It's a one-minute podcast every single day, giving you a tip on social media, branding, or marketing. I'd love for you to download and enable that as well. And if you have questions, you can reach out to me via email. You can find me on all the socials. You can find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me there as well. I look forward to talking more about this and to bringing this to life. This You heard it here first. This is going to be my second book. I do want to finish and wrap up the show with something that's really cool. If you are listening to this podcast and you're looking for other incredible podcasts specific to the real estate and mortgage industry, I'd highly recommend that you check out the website Industry Syndicate. That's industrysyndicate.com. And what that is, is it is a collaboration of the top real estate minds in title, escrow, uh, mortgage, uh, also real estate. And this is, these are people who are making podcasts and they are making flash briefings. And not only are they making them, but they really are practitioners. So go there. You'll see a lineup of incredible people that you can follow and connect with and download and subscribe to on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening again at Chelsea.Pites. I'd love to connect with you soon. Thanks so much for listening.